Amen. Praise God. So thank God for my mom lived 80, uh, how old is she? 87, 87 years. And much of that time was, uh, she just got stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, her name's Ginger, you know, so Ginger's, you can taste Ginger. Her doctor nicknamed her, when she was born, the doctor nicknamed her Ginger, and it stuck. But she didn't, uh, throughout her life, she had many challenges, but she always got the Word of God out and said, what does the Word of God say? Praise God. And she overcame. And I'm so glad for a mom and a dad who always um, taught us children, five children, they were first-generation Christians, and they didn't know they didn't have that example to follow, but they learned how, because they went to a good church and a pastor taught them, this is how you teach your children, and this is how you uh, direct your home and um, decide, like she said, we decide, this is how we're going to have life. It's not going to be a repeat of any past mess. Praise God. We are blessed. Amen. And so um, I've taken her example so often and uh, used her words in my mind. You know, they come back and how do I overcome situation? Mama's voice will come back to me. And I just got another testimony today uh, by a pastor's wife who said, how uh do you, how do you go through things, you know, that are difficult? And my mother, she would do this. She would get your face. Like that. And she said, sweetie, this is what she said. You never go there in your thinking. Bad places, sad places. Okay. Um. When you begin to feel sorry for yourself or think this isn't fair. And she was talking about she raised five kids to send them in ministry. We were raised in a very close family, and each one of us left early <laughs> and followed the Lord in the ministry. We, you know, One sister went to Arizona following her husband, Teen Challenge Ministries, for over 50 years. Patsy, you know, she's been everywhere. Italy, Singapore, now she's in Australia, you know, and then Mark and myself everywhere, Louisiana, Steve's in Texas, Scotty came home, praise the Lord. And, uh, but, so she, you know, that's not easy to do, raise your kids and say, okay, Lord, you can do what you want to do with them. And so she, what she said, um, when you start to feel sorry for yourself, think and think this isn't fair. They're so far away. Just go to another place in your thinking and choose to think about the goodness of God and how they are all in his care, his plan, and his hands. That's what's most important, them serving God. Hallelujah. So that was a, something that she dealt with in her mind. Praise God. And it, it was concerning children, and um, she's not here. She's over there, and it's been difficult for me to kind of deal with that. You know, if you deal with somebody, 
at the end of their life and, you know, it's not fun. But God reminded me of this book I had and put it in my hands, and I think it was a God thing, a little book called My Time in Heaven. If anybody wants to find that book, I don't know where you can, probably Amazon or whatever, but it talks about a guy that died and went to heaven, came back, and the things he saw over there. So it just kind of gave me a picture into heaven. And then the Holy Spirit said, you know, he sends his word to you. He said out of First uh, Corinthians 15, be steadfast, unmovable. Paul is talking about the return of the Lord and the passing of our loved ones to heaven. And he said, be steadfast, talking to us, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So here again, thinking God's thoughts and putting action, be, you know, busy about the Lord's work. And as I've done that, then now I'm starting to step over and see things from heaven's side. And I believe that there is a call from Jesus to stop looking <laughs> so much at this world and be so entangled with every fad, everything going on and just getting tied up in this world and the mind of this world. It is enmity against God. And so how do we not do that? We set our minds on those things which are above, where our life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. We be in these kinds of meetings because they take us into the atmosphere which is in heaven, and we hear spiritual words. Come on. Paul said, I don't know anybody after the flesh. I know you after your spirit. Praise God. So there's a point where I believe the body of Christ last night, the heaven came down in this place. Woo! I believe the city of heaven is coming down. It's getting closer. There's going to be a catching away. And as I begin to meditate on the scriptures about that, you know, don't sorrow in your heart. Hallelujah. Oh, there's going to be a calling and a lifting up of the church. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. What does that do? That puts our attention away from all this to this. And this is our home. This is what's real. This is where spiritual gifts come from. This is where the powers of the world to come that we should walk in. The songs come out of heaven. And God wants us to say, oh, okay, I'm hearing your voice. Lord, I can see what you're doing. <laughs> and therefore, I know what to do here. Amen. Praise God. So this book has really been helpful to me, and I'm so grateful for uh, books like that. And this book, <laughs> the Bible, is amazing. Hallelujah. So we're not in heaven yet, y'all, are we? Mark says, just smell your breath and you know. But <laughs> That's what he says. But we're on the way. And on the way, 
I'm going to do as much damage to the devil's kingdom as I can. <laughs> and on the way, I want to take everybody, including my own family. Hallelujah. And um, so the Lord gave me this, uh, put it into a little book. It's called Effective Prayer for Your Family. I don't have any more here, but you can uh, order some from our office. And soon it will be out on, uh, you can buy it, iBooks or whatever. Hallelujah. So this is what the Lord gave me, and I felt like I just should give you, I can't tell everything, but just give you a little nutshell of this truth that the Lord gave me that really has worked. I'm seeing the results. When you buy medication, makeup, you have a treatment, you want to know the testimonials. This really worked. This works. This works. Everything involves the word of God, the authority we have in the name of Jesus, and uh, the power of the blood of Jesus. Okay? So these are all things we use in prayer. Okay, so just, I'll go back just a little bit. Some of you may not know that Dylan, our eight-year-old grandson, at three years old, he was diagnosed with leukemia. He was in fourth stage when we found that out. He couldn't breathe. He had a mass on his uh, chest, pushing against his breathing tube, and he could not breathe. He was about to die. Wow. That makes you... <laughs> Like, what? And uh, so I remember hearing that news over the phone. And I went in the living room. And the Holy Spirit, he always gives you unction. When you look to him, he says, say this. And everything we do uh, in prayer is involved with heaven. It is uh, legal. It involves legalities. According to your word, this is precedent. You have spoken. It cannot be changed. It is written, right? That's what Jesus did, right? In his warfare with the devil. It involves the power, the blood of Jesus, which is the, uh, the sprinkling of the book, the covenant that sealed it. Hallelujah. And gives us complete victory. But through our redemption from the power of the devil and his what, whatever he wants to do. And the power of the name. So the Holy Spirit said, say these words. So we don't, that's why I said, come on, when it's time to praise, don't just stand there. Open up your mouth because your mouth is, is your voice, your address in the realm of the spirit. And whatever you say, it, it changes everything. And when you speak, you have registered in heaven. I'm here. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we use our mouth and the Holy Ghost said, say these words. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I break your assignment against Dylan's life. And I connect him to his divine destiny. Woo! So I did. I said that. And I felt the power and the confirmation from the Holy Ghost began to pray in the Spirit. And that began the battle. And I felt like Wonder Woman going to battle right there. 
got my sword. Hallelujah. Uh, but I remember going to Alicia's house while Dylan was in the hospital in Lafayette. So we were down there, and I got in, a, I got in Dylan's room. And he was not there. Nobody was in there at the moment. And I got out my Bible. Don't you love your Bible? Thank God. I said, okay, Lord, we're going to go, and we're going to see what you said. Start in Genesis. <laughs> so I started back in Genesis. You know, see <laughs> how the devil got into here. And the, the, the prophecy that <laughs> the heel, the, the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. Praise God. And the fight began, and I said, okay, Lord, what did you do with the blood? What, where does the blood and the covenant come in? And I began to look. Romans 15, 4 says, whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. So I said, okay, in your scripture, I'm going to find something that's given me some hope. Hallelujah. And so I went back, and um, just as in a court of law, the judge would call different witnesses to the stand. Then I called different witnesses in the scriptures to the stand. And the first <laughs> witness I called, I went to, was Noah in Genesis. And Noah, all of these these instances have to do with our family. So Noah, you know, he was righteous man, and God chose him to do a great work, and that was to build an ark for the saving of his house, it says in Hebrews eleven seven. And so uh, you saw how he took gopher wood, and he fitted it together. He dovetailed it together with another piece of gopher wood, Right? until he constructed that whole ark according to the plan. And then he went and found pitch. God said, get some pitch and pitch it inside and outside with a pitch. So I said, okay. He did that. And what he was doing was preparing an ark to save his family. Of course, all the animals too. God loves animals, I guess. All right. So I said, okay. Well, I thought that word pitch stood out to me. So I said, I'm going to see what that says in Strong's Concordance. Holy Ghost will give you questions. So I, I went there and it said, one of the words to describe the word pitch is, uh, which is um, kafar, it means atonement. I thought, aha. Uh -huh. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So. In my mind, I took, I saw that each piece of gopher wood represented a covenant promise. And in the word, when I could find any covenant promise concerning Dylan's life, healing, redemption, amen, all that, I'm going to fit that piece of wood, so to speak, together with another covenant promise. Lord, you said this. Christ has redeemed me from the curse. I know that 
the curse is all this stuff going on. And then I would take it and put the blood over it. The blood seals, ratifies the covenant. It is a done deal. The blood is applied wherever the blood is applied. It's found in Hebrews in two places. The Holy Spirit is there. He gives witness to it. That's why there's power in the blood. It's alive. It's powerful. So I began to do that, and I said, okay, surely there's another one. So I got another witness, Moses. Remember Moses? Okay, he was born in a special time, and he was born with a purpose. The devil hates babies born with a purpose. And so there was an assignment against Moses' life from the king Pharaoh. Kill all the babies, throw them in the water, drown them. But Moses' mother, she said, no, not, not here, not now. No. And so she disobeyed. There's certain times you disobey. And so by faith, it says, Hebrews eleven twenty three. Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. So she took and made an ark. There's another ark. Noah had an ark. She wove that ark together. It was reeds. And I said, there's another picture for me, the covenant. Every read was what God said. Right? And then what'd she do? She pitched it. Same word. So that was a picture for me. I can pray a prayer that is made of the covenant promises and sealed with the blood. And that little ark carried Moses out of danger into his destiny, and he became the prince of Egypt, raised up, hallelujah, hallelujah. He was separated. That covenant that mama made with God was so powerful that even when he was in Egypt and living among the, the Egyptians and knowing about all their gods and all their ways, he, he said one day, I'm not this. I'm going home. I would rather suffer affliction with the people of Israel than to live like that. I'm going home. So that gives you hope, no matter how far your kids are gone. Hallelujah. No matter how much they look like the world. No matter how much they talk like the world. Oh, hallelujah. There's a covenant that is stronger. Hallelujah. I'm about to fall over. <laughs> It is stronger. Woo! And it will speak to them. Proverbs 6.20 says, My son, keep your father's God-given commandment. Forsake not the law of God your mother taught you. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them about your neck. When you go, the words of your parents' God shall lead you. When you sleep, they shall keep you. And when you waken, they shall talk with you. Come on. 
You might not be with those kids anymore, but God's word. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have authority in your family that I don't have. Right? Right? Yes. So you speak the word. You apply the blood. Amen. That's what happened in Moses' life when God used him to lead children of Israel out of Egypt. And you know the story in Exodus 12, right, where they were commanded to take a lamb, take the blood from the lamb. And every household put the blood with hyssop over the doorpost of the home. Now, listen. If there was like a, a lady that was a, a widow, whatever, there was not a husband in the house, guess what? The neighbor reached out, and they covered that house. So when you come into church, there might be some single women, single moms, whatever. You're not alone. You're coming under this household where there's some protection. There's some leadership. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, covered. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you know that when they applied the blood, remember the blood is the blood of the lamb, and the blood of Jesus is our lamb now. We overcome with his blood. The word of our y'all could preach this message better than me, I think. But it must, it is applied in heaven. Hebrews 12 says we've come to the blood of speaking. Right now, it's there. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, it's there. Woo! It is speaking in heaven. We need to see heaven's side. What's going on up there? There's a lot going on. And we've come to Mount Zion, it says. We've come to uh, the saints that have gone on. We've come to, um, let me see, that's Hebrews 12, 23. Come to Mount Zion, city of God. Countless multitudes of angels. I think they were here last night. The church of the firstborn who registered citizens in heaven. The God is judge of all. Spirits of just men made perfect. Jesus, the mediator of the covenant, hallelujah, and we've come to the sprinkled blood that speaks. So that blood is speaking of mercy, not of judgment, hallelujah. There's another voice in that place. Would you like to know what it is? It's heard. It's a witness in heaven. And God takes note of it. When Cornelius gave offerings, God knew it. And he sent Peter to Cornelius' house so that all of his household would be born again. He was going for the whole household. But what got God's attention? Cornelius, who was a Greek guy, he gave offerings. Do you know that when you give an offering, who? God's got it. He takes a record of it. And he's concerned about you. And he'll do all kinds of things like he did Cornelius. He said, angels did 
visions. Peter, he got up and he went there, and Peter preached the gospel to Cornelius because of offerings that were given in heaven. So last night, I believe Mark said, I'm giving an offering for my grandkids. I said, oh, Jesus. That offering is speaking in heaven. And what God will do, he will not hold back anything to get it to your kids, your grandchildren. Praise God. He'll do all kinds. I don't know. It's exceeding and abundantly above all we ask or think. Praise the Lord. But Moses, what did he do? The whole, the whole nation of Israel came out of bondage because of the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony, the blood brought them out. Family. And they came out with great wealth, great health. Praise God. That's a good picture for your family. Applying the blood over your children. Amen. And it preserves them. Another witness in this court is Rahab. So we called Rahab to the to the stand and she wasn't really she's not like oh yeah who are you a prostitute <laughs> what have you done right nothing but so that means that no matter where you've been this applies to everybody it's a mercy of god hallelujah so Rahab, woo, because she did something righteous, and that was to hide those spies. So anything you do for the body, I believe there's people like that in this city. She hid the spies, and because of that, she said, okay, I'm, I'm hiding you, but what are you going to do for me? <laughs> Promise me that all my family, my possessions will be safe. So... She got that promise from Joshua. All her possessions, that's in Joshua 2.18. And then <laughs> when, <laughs> when the soldiers were marching, when people were marching around the city, and she knew the walls were going to fall, she had her family. Where were they? Gather your family. Tell them. Get them in. Get them in. Tell them. Put the blood over them. If you can't do it in the natural, do it in prayer. Hallelujah. Put the blood over them. She gathered them in and her possessions. And when the walls fell, Joshua said, go get Rahab. We know she's okay. Praise God. And, of course, she was woven into the, the lineage of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. So God's doing greater things than you know. When you put the blood of Jesus on your children. And what Mark said last night about his um, granny giving offerings to Oral Roberts. He said the Holy Ghost said that was significant for you and your children. Hallelujah. God doesn't forget offerings. Praise God. So when you give your offering, get happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's working for you and your kids and your children's children. Praise God. And the thing, the, the, what Joshua gave to Rahab was a token. And it was the red, the crimson cord. You know the story. 
But that was her hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest babe, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. So what did she do? She put that scarlet cord where she could remember it. Come on, let's remember what the blood stands for. Let's remember. So that was her hope. When everything looked wrong, put your hope in the blood. Focus your attention on the blood. Hallelujah. And Hebrews 6, 18, it says, by two things, unchangeable things. Hallelujah. His oath is covenant. We have fled to him for refuge. We have mighty and dwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope set before us. So let's don't lose hope. Let's keep our hope. Come on, your hope is connected to the presence behind the veil. Come on, that connects you to the very faith of God. We don't, <laughs> come on, we're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not us, but Christ lives in us. And the life we live in the flesh, we live by the what? Faith of what? Whose faith? Come on, when your faith seems done, when you think, man, I don't have enough, come on, say, I, I'm living by the faith of Jesus. His faith will not fail you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Begin to rejoice in his faith. God's grip on you is greater than your grip on him. Hallelujah. He's not going to let go anything he's promised to you. Praise the Lord. One more witness I want to bring. Getting close to the end of this. Are you okay? Is found in Proverbs 31. And it refers back to Rahab. Proverbs 31, 21. It's, uh, let's see if I can say. Oh, she is not, wait, let's see. She fears not the snow for her family or her future. For all her household are doubly clothed with scarlet. She sewed those clothes. Every fabric, everything. While she was doing it, this is the blood. So mamas, daddies, men, you play a huge part. As a priest of your home, using your authority. Last night when Mark was saying these things about his family, I said, whoa, whoa, I hear the priest of our family saying some things. It shall be done. It shall be done. Come on. Hallelujah. So apply the blood over the doorposts of your home. Hallelujah. And Rahab, it says, she had no fear of the future. It says in Proverbs 31, it says, she's not afraid of tribulation. Wait, let's go back. She knows her household are doubly clothed in scarlet. I, I like that doubly. They're clothed from heaven's side. Jesus had done his work, your high priest. But when you say, in the name of Jesus, I apply the blood of Jesus to whoever it is you're, you're praying for. Hallelujah. Something just happened. You got double. There's agreement. What did it say? Two or three agree. 
us touching anything. Jesus is in prayer already. I'm taking hold. Woo! So we come in agreement, doubly clothed in scarlet. That's the blood of Jesus. And then the, uh, the passion says she's not afraid of tribulation, for all her household is covered in the dual garments of righteousness and grace. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I don't know about you, but this world we're living in is just flat crazy. I mean, just I just talked to my sister, and she said, my little grandson came home from school. He must be like in first grade. And he said, I'm, I'm trans. Oh, makes me so mad. Oh, no, no. I believe there's a giant fixing to get up in this country and say, stop it. Stop it. No. 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 I'm not afraid of some school board. I'm not afraid of some old teacher. I'm not afraid of some kind of letters that say da-da-da-da-da. Come on, well, who are we? Who are we? Who are you? Come on, we're the body of Christ. We are a mighty army. We're redeemed. We're washed in the blood. And as long as we live in here, we got a right to say something. Hallelujah. And when we come in agreement together, whoo, and we know our powerful weapons of the covenant, his oath, the blood of Jesus was shed to redeem us from the hands of the adversary. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I'm standing up. <laughs> Praise God. I have to quit, but I, uh, that's, that's part of the book, but that's kind of the bottom line. And I said, devil, no, you're not getting my Dylan. Hallelujah. And I still say, no, devil, you're not getting any of my eight grandkids. Hallelujah. You're not taking my husband. You're not taking nothing. Hallelujah. We're going out of this place redeemed. Amen. Stand up on your feet. Let's just issue some commands. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say in the name of Jesus. I stand before the Father. I stand before his word. I see the blood. It is speaking. <laughs> we are redeemed. We are just passing through. And while we are here, we take authority over principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. We are covered with the blood and with the full armor of God. We have a spirit of faith. We are the righteousness of God. And we come in agreement and we say, devil, in the name of Jesus, get your hands off my family. The blood is applied. The word has been spoken. I agree with what you have done, Father, in your perfect redemptive plan. And in the name of Jesus, 
We have authority over the liar, over the thief. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to bring life. And we are ministers of life. And we say it is unlawful for sin, oppression, depression, confusion, sickness, every attack of darkness cannot work. Deception cannot work against my family because the blood is applied. It is the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I have faith in the blood. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands and say, God is on our side. The blood is applied. Every need shall be supplied. Father, we ask you to send laborers into our families' lives. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's a need. We thank you for boldness. We thank you for your intercession, Jesus. Every need that we have is supplied, that they have wherever they go. Hallelujah. Nothing shall be denied. Now, I want you to do like my mama and enter into rest. <laughs> Raise your hands up and smile and say, so I enter into rest. I know I'm blessed. I pass the test. I have God's best. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Receive the peace of God. <laughs> it passes understanding. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just one more minute speak with tongues. Because the Holy Ghost undoes things. <laughs> Holy Ghost does almighty things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. will not be those who are afraid. Oh, you've not given us a spirit of fear. Oh, but power and love and sound mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now lift your hands and say, Father, we pray for Pastor Mark that you will give him words. You will give him vision. You will speak through his voice. I receive it. My heart is open. I am hungry. I am a doer of your word. Hallelujah. And I am blessed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Pastor Trinan, um, if you could um, actually share, maybe maybe there's some who um, are here in the room or actually would get this uh, message uh, that don't know the details of Dylan. And you mentioned Dylan and how uh, you intertwine with battles and wars and how you fought it going into the room. And, and uh, so what exactly um, was Dylan diagnosed with when this began? Leukemia and 
he underwent three years of treatment, and um, wow, it's in a book. There's a lot of a lot of details, but hallelujah. At the end of the three years, there was another cell that came up. There's some more cells that were cancerous. And we were devastated, of course, at the beginning. But then we took hold of the faith of God. And he underwent a bone marrow transplant. Gavin, his big brother, was a donor. And I tell you what, the day of the transplant, Dylan was just playing games. <laughs> he was fine. He came through. Praise the Lord. And it's been three years. Praise God. And they've done full body scans. And there's zero. Zero. Cancer in that little boy. And he shall fulfill his destiny. And he's so precious. He loves Jesus. And he's musical and artistic and athletic, we say. 